0: and the Naval Warrior. My guest today is the 63rd Superintendent of the United States Naval Academy. Vice Admiral Sean Buck is a native of Indianapolis, Indiana and a 1983 graduate of the Naval Academy. He was designated a Naval Flight Officer in 1985. Admiral Buck has served as Commander, Patrol and Reconnaissance Force with U.S. 5th and 7th Fleets. Most recently, he served as Commander U.S. Naval Forces Southern Command, U.S. 4th Fleet. He earned a Master of Arts in International Security Policy from George Washington University and has completed studies at the College of Naval Command and Staff, U.S. Naval War College, and the Armed Forces Staff College. He's also had a fellowship at MIT and completed executive courses at both the Harvard Kennedy School and Harvard Graduate School of Education. Admiral Bucket goes without saying, you've been there and done that. Michael, thanks
1: for giving me this chance. Uh, I really appreciate it. been looking forward to being able to, uh, to have a great discussion on a podcast.
0: You know, with this session, we're talking about listening, but probably more importantly, the power of listening. Can you touch on what your thoughts are between listening and hearing?
1: Sure. And there's a big difference that I think everyone should appreciate if they don't. Hearing... I take hearing as as being a defined in a in a physical realm. It's it's a physical phenomenon, it's the ability that God gave us to be able to sense the stimuli of sound that is generated by a myriad of sources as opposed to listening. Listening is taking what you hear and actually engaging your brain and thoughtfully processing the sounds that you hear, whatever they may be, voices, spoken, noises from machines, and thinking through what you heard, and processing it, comprehending it, and then leading yourself into, okay, what, what does it mean, and how can it help me uh, help others?
0: So you're, you're separating the physics of sound waves hitting your eardrums, uh, which is something you really can't learn, but you can learn how to be a better listener. Do you have any stories or ideas on how we can do that?
1: Sure. Uh, some of my anecdotes from my naval career started when I was a senior lieutenant commander. I'm an aviator by trade. And as I was concluding a department head tour, That's kind of a middle management tour. I was a senior lieutenant commander and as I was leaving, my then commanding officer suggested to me uh, some advice that I continue to use this day. He sensed uh, that I was probably going to have some good luck in the years to come and, and possibly be considered for command. And he wanted me to know that once I get into command, how important it is to listen. He had sensed and described me as one that wore my emotions on my sleeve, um, and that I was quick to make decisions without maybe listening enough to hear that there was an alternative opinion, there was a flip side to the story, uh, to the news, good or bad. And he suggested to me that each and every time I talk to somebody, look them square in the eye. And as you're listening to them, not hearing them, but listening to them, count to 10. And as you hear what they have to say, and sometimes it's good news. Sometimes it's bad news. Sometimes it's just uh, news that you need to help inform a decision. He said, count to 10 and see how the emotions go in, in your body. And at 10, if you feel as passionate as you did when you were at one, then go ahead and open up your mouth and begin to contribute to the dialogue, whether it's um, calmly or, or, or a little bit more decisively. And he says, what you'll find is when you get to 10, you will have heard enough to realize that you need to continue to listen more. That there's way more to the story and the person talking to you probably has a lot of great information to help you make a decision as a commander. That was one of the most important anecdotes early on in my career that I got that, that has held me in, in good stead for all these years of the opportunities I've had to command.
0: Has there been a time where you've used that rubric, that uh, that process where during that ten count, or during that listening exercise, all of a sudden, you realize that what you thought you heard was very different from what you what what your response would have been because you took that time to actively listen.
1: Absolutely. I, I would suggest, Michael, almost every single time, um, you realize that there is much more data. There may be much more informed opinion uh, behind the news that you've just received. So as I have practiced this rubric since uh, 1993, it has just proved itself out in spades over and over and over again.
0: We're a very diverse environment here. In, any ideas on what to do with, with based on the fact that we come from a lot of different backgrounds and listening is powerful based on the fact that you might not have grown up with that model of listening
1: you bet well i believe the best tool that a leader or a commander has in his or her toolbox to leverage the diversity that they have on their team or in their organization is listening and and it's the best way to to prove Uh, that you truly are commanding, and you truly are valuing every member on your team. And that's by all of the tenets and characteristics of active listening. Some of the best ideas I have found out come from your most junior uh, and the youngest folks in your organization. You and I know quite well as we get older, uh, we get a little bit more rigid in our thought, and our ability to expand our mind and to be open to uh, refreshing new ideas, to to listen to the young ones, to each and every member of your team, you'll be able to to leverage the deep diversity that military teams have. As you said, we come from all walks of life uh, here at Annapolis. Our brigade is composed of young men and women from all 50 states and many of the US territories, as well as many of our international partner nations. What diverse uh, group of people the brigade of midshipmen is. And we can all truly benefit as we grow into our leadership roles, be it a leader in the brigade or a leader once commissioned by beginning to practice active listening here in the yard.
0: So directly to both midshipmen and junior officers, a specific question, how long do you need to stay in listening mode as a J.O. as you move through the ranks? I think you
1: need to be in the listening mode a significant amount of time more than you do in speaking. And if you have listened well enough, if you've taken in as much information as you can, or as the situation warrants, then your spoken words can be much, much more brief. They can be much more succinct and to the point, and everyone will understand your intent because as you speak, they'll realize that as they're listening to you give direction as the commander or the leader, they'll realize that you, in fact, did take the time to listen. And what you put out as commander intent or direction seems to be well-founded. Um, it's legal, it's moral, it's ethical. Um, and it was based on what they may have told you or suggested to you. So I don't know if you want a percentage, I would say we should probably spend about 75% of our time listening and 25% of our time talking.
0: So, so Admiral, how did you learn to be an active listener?
1: Well, probably from uh, from two sources. One, my mother, making sure that she always knew that I was listening to her instead of just hearing but not abiding by her guidance as a, as a young child. But as an adult and as a military officer and a military leader, uh, I have had the good fortune of being in the presence of some very, very wise and effective senior leaders. And uh, in one particular case that's, uh, that's applicable to this information world that we live in now and that we will continue to grow and hopefully prosper in, a, uh, a very senior commander told me, hey, Sean, every single day we, uh, we get information by reading Uh, Maybe reading a book, reading a periodical, reading an email. We get it by having conversations with other people. We read it through text, email. We get information from many different sources. He suggested to me that every single time I learned something new or I got some information, I should ask myself these four questions. And Michael, I ask myself these four questions about 30 times a day. What do you know? Who else needs to know it? Have you taken the time to tell them? And how will you tell them? What, What mode will you transmit the information to them? Those are communication tools that have everything to do with active listening and then sharing and leveraging the diversity and and the uh, teammates that you have to get a job done or accomplish a mission. This senior leader also suggested to me that words matter. When we were just talking about the percentage of listening and talking, when you do talk, He reminded me that words matter. Every single word you use or that you write matters. And that causes you to have to think. If you follow that premise, it causes you to think through what you're about to say or what you're about to write. And it allows you to have much more clear intent or direction um, and, and be less questioned. Uh, about what your motives are as as you direct and, and contribute to a team.
0: Let me ask you this question. We live in a very noisy environment. What you just got finished saying was there's so many different inputs, news, text, phones, people, et cetera, et cetera. And, 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 and I think you did a great job distinguishing how you should actually process that data, that noise into information that it's actionable by you. Is there, is there a tool or, or a metric you can give us on how you can communicate in such a way that you realize there are so many different ears out there, different ways of hearing things? Is there something that's been successful for you in terms of how you actually talk, not necessarily listen?
1: There are. There, there are two, Michael. Uh, one is not as, as easy for me. I continue to improve upon it every day, but it's to learn to be comfortable being silent in a conversation and having a comfort level, but not signaling with your body language, either agreement or dissent or pleasure or displeasure, but being comfortable and being quiet and listening. That's one tool. And another tool that I personally use that I have found very, very helpful to, to my understanding of what people are informing me of is to playback or to clarify. And uh, when I do have a chance to speak, I like to ask the person I'm discoursing with if I understood them clearly. So I'll play back to them what I heard and asked them if I if I understood them correctly. And it, it just leads to very rich understanding and it also expands the conversation in which even more information comes out, which is beneficial to, to me to be able to make an ultimate decision.
0: Admiral, last question. How do you know to not give someone a solution, but give them the opportunity to get to that solution themselves.
1: That, that's, a, that's a very nuanced art. I believe that's an art as opposed to a very prescriptive skill. And I, I believe that that can differ from person to person that, uh, of your teammates that you're trying to teach or mentor or direct. What I have learned over time, Michael, is that the 80% solution is good enough in much of what we do and much of what we have to decide. And uh, paralysis by analysis can really slow down a team and uh, cause you to not be able to accomplish your mission. And and with regards to the 80% solution, it also doesn't have to be the commander's decision. I have found it's much more powerful when your team sees that the solution came from their ideas and their input. And as a commander, your role is to more direct, give a little bit of rudder steer Uh, and some people need a lot of rudder steer and some people need just a little, and then allow them to work toward their solutions. The earlier that you do that, the younger person, the younger, the people are that you're teaching to do that, the better they will be as they age and mature and move into more positions of greater responsibility, uh, to get to those solutions themselves, but also They'll remember, hey, my boss listened to me and allowed me to get to the solution. I'm going to do that the same for my subordinates.
0: Admiral Buck, this has been a great conversation. I appreciate the opportunity to listen to you. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks, Michael. It was a real honor to be a part of this, and I look forward to being able to discourse with you on other subjects that are interesting to our audience.
0: You've been listening to Ethics in the Naval Warrior, produced by the Boeing Leadership Innovation Lab at the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership. You can find more of our podcasts by visiting the Radio Stockdale page at usna.edu.